welcome to Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. I had a story today. It's one of those Facebook posts, and it got me really thinking. So this is this is the story that I heard. If you put a flea into a jar and put a lid on that jar, the flea who is able to jump far further than the height of the jar lid, it keeps trying to jump further. And it consistently hits it hits hard against the lid. And you can imagine if it can jump 10 times the height of the, the jar, then it's going to hit pretty hard onto that lid. But it it learns that actually it's it's restricted. That lid is stopping it jumping to its full potential. So it's learning about its environment and therefore it learns to just jump just so it touches that lid. It learns where those boundaries are. And what happens after a while is that when the lid is taken off, the flea is so conditioned to its new environment, it continues to jump only to the limit of that lid. And it's therefore trapped in its own learning. The offspring of that flea will also learn that there is a lid, a boundary that cannot be broken. And those offspring will live their lives trapped in the limitations of that jar. And this is a paradigm that too many of us are living in. We are born and when we are, we do not have confidence issues. We do not have self-image issues. And there are no rules about who we are, who we can become and what life we are to live. These boundaries are created in the form of beliefs or from modelling with those around us, from society's rules and expectations, from our education experiences, or from our interactions with others, or from the words and rules we place upon ourselves. We are creating the lid on our world. There have been many times in my life when I've questioned where my life is going. What was I doing? What needed to change? And why was I making seemingly similar mistakes over and over again? Why wasn't I learning? It took me a long time to realise that I was conditioned because of the world I was living in, because of the world I'd grown up in. It wasn't anyone's fault as such. It was just what I was exposed to and also how I interpreted that information. If we have things about our habits, our beliefs and our actions we want to change, the first thing to understand is that we can. It may be feel extremely scary. That's because our unconscious mind doesn't like new things. It likes what is familiar, so it's going to throw up some fear to keep you wrapped up in your little bubble and your small world. Change is stepping out into a world of fear or anxiety or discomfort, which is why so many people get stuck where they are. Rather the devil you know than the devil you don't, as the saying goes. It's easier to just accept or to tolerate or to normalise or to compromise than it is to change. And it's especially true when anxiety is so prominent in our lives. The thought of poking the bear, so to speak, is almost certainly going to trigger anxiety. Um, And that is just another level of scary. But your logical mind knows that change is necessary. And as Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I think we've all measured up to that insanity definition at some point in our lives. 
we think that if we just do it slightly better or in a slightly different way, then maybe we'll get a different outcome. Of course we don't. So what is the best way to change, to take that step, to check whether there is still a, a risk of another bumped head? Is, is that lid still there? Will I risk it and bump my head? Firstly, ask yourself if the danger, the fear that you are feeling, is it justified? And when I say justified, I mean in the real world. Is there something physical that is going to hurt you? Fear when you are walking along the side of a motorway is justified. Fear when someone is burgling your house when you are upstairs and can hear them downstairs is justified. But when the fear is mind-created, when it is our unconscious mind trying to keep us wrapped up safe, it's not justified. Like the child who fears a monster under their bed, it isn't justified, but to the child it feels like it is. The child cannot take a logical conversation with themselves to ask if it's real because their mind is not yet developed well enough. Yours is. Now, logic will never overcome feelings, and this is something to keep in mind. Your unconscious mind will be extremely good at turning up the intensity if it if it doesn't like what you're going to do or thinking of doing. It's like a child who increases the volume of the tantrum to avoid whatever it is you're asking them to cooperate with. And understanding this is really helpful when we experience it. The trick here is to take small steps to coax your unconscious mind into testing the water, so to speak. Let's look at some examples. Perhaps your confidence is low after a breakup and you want to get back out into the dating game. But because you've been hurt, your unconscious mind will be trying to protect you and it's firing the fear response. Logically, you know that meeting someone, as long as it's in a a public place, it's not really dangerous, not physically. So go and meet someone you already know, like for a coffee, male or female, friend and acquaintance. But Get ready in the same way as you would for the first meet with a potential date. You know, get dressed up and and go through whatever ritual it is that you would do to meet that person. Your mind's not going to see any danger there because you're going to meet somebody you know. You're just meeting them for coffee. You're going to have a catch up. And then after you've done that, maybe once or twice, you might need to do it a few times. And then you can arrange the first meeting with with your potential date and label it as such. It's a meeting, it's not a date. Meet for coffee, just like you did with your friend or your friends or your acquaintance, whoever it was. You get ready in the same way, the same procedure, the same system or process, perhaps even wearing the same outfit. And this will limit the reaction of your mind. As there are similarities in the venue or your outfit and the event label, i.e. just going for a coffee, the only difference is the person. So on several levels, your mind will be quite calm. And yeah, you're going to still probably feel nervous. Meeting new people is nerve wracking at the best of times. For most people, that is. But some nice strong affirmation should help with that. Remember, you are not committing yourself to marriage. You are just meeting for coffee. Use your internal words carefully. Be flippant about the meeting as if it sort of doesn't really matter. 
You have no expectations and no rules. Plan to have a nice hour or so enjoying your favourite coffee and be curious about the person you're about to meet. You will know a little bit about them already, or maybe a lot. Just be you because you are amazing and they should be lucky to spend time with you. You see how this works? Just little steps. Let's look in another scenario. One that is used quite often in the area of public speaking is to imagine everyone naked. Personally, for me, that wouldn't work. It would make me feel uncomfortable. The idea behind that, that you know, solution as such, is to make everyone else more vulnerable than you. But that uses comparison, which is seldom helpful in any situation. I prefer to work up to this type of event in little chunks. Let's assume that what you're going to talk about is a subject you know well. If that isn't the case, this suggestion might not work for you. The first thing is to make sure you know all the logistics, as being prepared as possible will take away some of the unknown. Anxiety shows up a lot of the time when there are so many unknowns. So know about the subject matter, how long you are to speak, who the audience is, what order the speakers are in, what prompt you will have, all those sorts of things, the real sort of logistics of it. Then the next thing is to write your script and practice it so that you know it well. Okay, so that's the tangible things out the way. The physical prep, now for the mental prep. Don't be tempted to go down the what if or the worst case scenario route. So many people do this and it's not helpful. If I planned my day on my worst case scenario, I could imagine some worldwide tragedies or meteor strikes or hurricanes in Spain, which doesn't happen. But anyway, you can get my point. Remember to ask if the danger or the fear you are feeling, perhaps even the thought of speaking, is real. When you're sitting in your living room thinking about the request or the event, there is no danger. No, not real danger anyway. The danger is created in your head with thoughts around what you are going to be, what you're being asked to do in the same way that when you're sitting in the cinema watching a horror movie, you're feeling scared, terrified even. But you know it's not real. The movie is supposed to make you feel that way. That's just how it works. But you know you're not in real danger. I remember when I watched the Amityville horror when I was a teenager. It terrified me. It was about a haunted house built on an old cemetery. After several sleepless nights, I remember, even after all this time, having a conversation with myself about how that story couldn't ever happen to me because the house I was living in wasn't built on a cemetery, so therefore I wasn't in danger. It was a strange type of logic But that was the message I kept telling myself. Then after a few days of repeating that story in my head, my mind finally believed it and I was able to sleep again. I wasn't, however, so fortunate with Halloween. It was a 1978 classic that I watched in the 80s. We saw it at the cinema because of the there was a sequel or something coming out and they were playing the earlier versions. Um, And that was all about a teenage babysitter being attacked. I was a teenage babysitter when I watched it, so that was one too close to home. I gave up on horror movies after that one. That fear lived in my mind for a very long time. So let's get back to the speaking in public strategy. Is there real danger? No. 
Are you going, are you good with the subject area? Yes, we are assuming that. Are you smart, capable human being? Yes, of course you are. Affirmations again. Listen to your words. Are you reinforcing your mind's belief that there is danger? Are you going through the what ifs or worst case scenarios? I told you not to, remember? What statements does your mind need to hear? What about things like these? Using only present tense statements. I want to do this. I'm choosing to do this. I am good at it. I'm excited to do this. You see, fear and excitement actually feel very similar. Trick your mind into thinking you're excited. It really does work. What about saying things like, I am looking forward to speaking. There's so many things you could say. Use the small steps technique along with these affirmations. Take every opportunity to stand up and speak in front of people, small groups, perhaps make a a toast when you're with friends or gather some workmates around and tell them about your weekend or work plans or perhaps practice your speech with them. Whatever fits into your world, when you speak in front of people you know, remember to mimic the main event. So stand up, have props with you, same outfit perhaps. Or if you don't have that group of friends that you can do that with, use your mirror. Stand in front of a mirror, get yourself dressed in your outfit, stand in front of the mirror, looking at your own reflection. Your mind doesn't know the difference. It just sees that all went well and will make a different connections and different rules around you stepping, standing up and speaking. You see, fear can keep us stuck. Strong feelings of anxiety or worry, concern of losing control, of failing, of being vulnerable. These feelings are real. There is no denying that. The f- flow th- they flow through every single part of our body and flood it with hormones and chemicals to ready us for battle. However, when we understand the mechanism, we can calm it over time with work. Our minds can get used to us stepping outside of our comfort zone if we do it enough. Our minds, instead of thinking danger, 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 I need to protect, starts analysing things as, oh, here we go again. What now? Like the meme, when I get old, I don't want people to say, what a sweet old lady. I want them to say, what on earth is she up to now? Although I think my children already do that. And I'm not going to change that now. So are you living with a lid on your life? Does that fear keep you stuck? That fear of change, that fear of stepping outside of your comfort zone? Let me know in the comments. I'd really love to hear from you. You can contact me directly by the information in the show notes. And until next time, have a great week.